Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Bonner. Hesitated for a momo. Look at the red rocket blast off with the two-head dunk. Bonner. Why not? A three for the red rocket. Bonner for three. Got it! The Red Rocket knocks down another triple. Welcome to episode four of the Sound of Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Bill Schoening, the longtime radio voice of the Spurs. The podcast is presented by Frost Bank for episode four. We have the Red Rocket, the Red Mamba, the Sandwich Hunter, Coach B, Mr. New Hampshire Basketball 1999. I've actually done a little research on you, even though I've known you for a long time. Matt Bonner is with us, and welcome to the podcast, Sound of Spurs. Pumped to be here. It's slot number four, bat and clean up. And what they don't tell you is when you win Mr. Basketball in New Hampshire, you get a lifetime supply of maple syrup. So let me know. I had no idea. All right, that's good. We've had nicknames so far uh, on the podcast. Uh, we opened up with the Iceman, then Bones, Brent Barry, former teammate of yours. Captain Late was number three, James Silas out of Stephen F. Austin State University. And now uh, the Red Mamba, the Red Rocket. We know about the Red Rocket origin from Toronto. You actually did uh, take public transportation, the Red Rocket, to the arena, correct? That's right. That was the nickname for the streetcar subway system in t- Toronto because all the cars, carts or cars or whatever you want to call them were painted red. Red Mamba, did it really come from Kobe Bryant? Give us the origin of that. Yeah, it did. Uh, I was on the Raptors team when Kobe had his 81 points. And on the 10th anniversary of that game, the NBA did this thing where Kobe was live tweeting, watching the game. And at some point, I hit a shot and he tweeted out the Red Mamba for three or something like that. And then Twitter ran with it and it stuck. People got you and Brian Scalabrini mixed up, but he was the white mamba, correct? That's right. He was the white mamba. And, you know, one one important distinction between our two nicknames is I, I don't know if his was given to him by Kobe. Mine was. So that you've always had that. That's like one of those things that uh, might be in your epitaph. Can we spell epitaph? Do we know? What does you know, that mean? <laughs> what, what language is that? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I didn't realize until I was doing the research that you were the valedictorian of your high school class. So I should know what it means. Yeah, I should know what it means too, you know, but that's okay. Uh, 
you had a very good academic career. So you had a, probably a lot of choices. And I would think that being from New England, maybe some Ivy League schools recruited you? No, because back then the Ivy League was terrible at basketball, generally speaking. So, but good at academics. Good at academics, but you know, I, I was—I'm a basketball player. Right. I'm gonna—I'm gonna have basketball in my life the rest of my life. And when I was getting recruited, yes, I was valedictorian. My mom was an elementary school teacher, so academics was always very important growing up. And to this day, if I ever get the opportunity to speak to kids or a camp, I always bring up ac- academics and tell the kids how important it is, regardless of what your passion is outside the classroom. You still got to do your work in school and get good grades. It's important for your future. But I took visits to Providence College, Boston College, and UConn. And for basketball, you take your visits in the fall. So it's senior year, fall. Um, I go to those three schools in, in New England. It's dreary, dark, cold. Neither one of those schools has like a great football program, I guess, Boston college kind of, but you know, 20, 30,000 people at the game. And then I go to the university of Florida and it's the first week of November and everyone's in shorts and a t-shirt. And I go to an sec football game with 90 some thousand people, huge party. They had, uh, Mike Miller uh, was, uh, recently committed to go there. Actually, it was his freshman year because it would have. He was a year ahead of me, so they had Mike Miller, they had Udonis Haslam, uh, Teddy Dupay. They had all these up and coming recruits. It was Coach Donovan's like second or third year there, so he's trying to build this nationally prominent program, and he wanted me in on the ground floor. And after that visit, it was like, all right, see you, New England. I'm good. We're going down to Florida. There's probably a little bit of a culture shock for you going down to uh, the state of Florida. And Billy Donovan is a New England guy, right? He played at Providence. So did he uh, have to twist your arm, do a little New England talk to get you down there? No, I mean, he's, he's from Long Island. You're right. He did go to Providence. So he was kind of a legend around New England when they made that Final Four run in whatever year it was in the 80s. Uh, but he was a Patino guy. He was a Patino disciple, uh, played for him at Providence, and then was in a, a grad assistant at Kentucky and really embraced the open style offense, full court press. And he's like, look, you're, you're going to eventually be the head of the press. And we're, we play a stretch four. And you got to remember back then, stretch fours were rare. Most nights in the SEC and in my NBA career, I'm lining up against someone like 6'9", 260, that's trying to knock your block off every single play. And I wasn't that. I, was, I wanted to shoot threes. I wanted to play more on the perimeter. And he said, your role on this team will be that. And my freshman year, I got to every day in practice, go up against Udonis Haslam, Mike Miller, this guy Brent Wright from Liberty City, Miami, tough as nails, had a really long high-level European career. And Donnell Harvey, first-round draft pick, physical freak of nature. That was my roommate, actually, my freshman year. And so my freshman year, I wasn't playing a ton, maybe 14, 15 minutes a game. It slow, that role slowly increased uh, throughout the year and pe- kind of peaked in the NCAA tournament. We went to the championship game, lost to Michigan State, but I was in the rotation playing minutes in the NCAA tournament. And a lot of people, especially nowadays with the transfer rules being laxed with the transfer portal and you don't have to sit up, sit out, if you're not playing, they're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to transfer. But I just remember thinking to myself, in the big picture, 
this is the place where, where I'm going to become the best player I can be because these are the guys I'm going against every single day in practice. And I know eventually some of these guys are going to graduate. They're going to go to the NBA and I'm going to move up the pecking order and I'm going to be ready because of going through this process. Let's get to the process where you turn professional and you get drafted in the second round by Chicago, uh, but you don't go to the Bulls. Uh, take us through that whole thing. Yeah, I got drafted during a commercial. <laughs> My dad's a mailman, and he was a mailman for, I don't even know, 30, 40 years in the city of Concord, New Hampshire. And he's a very gregarious, outgoing, social person and makes friends with everyone everywhere he is. So put that personality into a mailman he knows the whole city and i remember i did all the draft process i did 17 workouts in 19 days leading up to the draft the chicago pre-draft camp everything i had great workouts and thinking like all right i'm definitely going to get drafted uh someone's going to draft me and so i'm like there's this uh, restaurant right across the street from the state house the capitol grill I don't think, I don't even know if it's still there anymore, but I'm, I'm like, I told my dad, I'm like, Hey, I'm going with some buddies down to the Capitol grill. It's like a sports bar in the basement. We're going to watch the draft, eat some food, hang out. So, Oh, you mind if I invite a few people? And I'm thinking like a few people. Sure. I walk down there. It's like, ah, it's like hundreds of people <laughs> packed into this place to watch the draft. It was the Bonaparte. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, of course. Like, thanks dad. You know? And so we're down there. And the whole first round comes and goes. I don't get drafted. Not super surprised. Ever, I feel like most people that enter the draft, if you ask them where they're they, where they think they'll get drafted, they're like, "Oh, I'm a late first rounder," you know. <laughs> but obviously, not everyone can be a late first rounder. I wasn't. Second round comes. Knicks had three picks in the 30s, and I did two workouts for the Knicks and crushed it. Uh, I thought. This is the Knicks are going to use one of these picks to take me. All three of their picks come and go. They don't take me. And now we're hitting in the 40s. And I'm like, oh, this is this is not good. This might be embarrassing. Like half my hometown's here to see this, and I might not get drafted. <laughs> like, uh, forget you, the, you see the guys that get stuck in the green room. Like, this is worse. And, you know, 41, 42, 43, 44, not me, not me, not me, not me. Go to commercial. We got the sound turned way up, come back from commercial and they're doing the 46 pick, but no one really, you don't even think like, Oh, they, what about the 45th pick? They go to 46 pick. And like, you can hear in the background, like a tech or, or a assistant producer. Some, you hear something like map honor in the background and like one guy in the bar is like, did they just say Matt Bonner? <laughs> They do the 46 pick and it's not me. So everybody's like, oh, okay. I thought it might've been you. And they do. So they announce the 46 pick and then real quick, they go back and they're like, oh, while we were at break with the 45th pick, the Chicago Bulls selected Matt Bonner, University of Florida. And everybody's like, what? did you get drafted? <laughs> yeah. It was like this whole like, like a rough, delayed reaction. Yeah. Cause like, it was like, did he get drafted? Did he not get drafted? So very anticlimactic in that regard. They, they, I didn't get any, you know, they usually show highlights and talk about them. I didn't get that because that time slot happened during the commercial, but wow. still ended up getting drafted. If you were a lottery pick, though, you probably would have rocked one of those pink suits or something, right? You would have been just go all out with no, that. I would have had a plaid flannel suit. Right. Yep, you got to represent.
By the way, the plaid has been retired by the San Antonio Spurs. I don't want to jump ahead here, but we want to do talk about that for a moment. The name of the show is the Sound of Spurs podcast, so we want to get to your time with the Spurs, but we have to talk briefly about your time in Europe because it was a very unique time for you. And uh, You were talking earlier about being a stretch four, and really when you think about guys like Dirk Nowitzki and uh, guys that can step outside and shoot bigger guys, Pedro Stojakovic was 6'10", uh, you kind of fit that European prototype, and you end up spending a year in Europe. Yeah, that was the most memorable year of my career, which is crazy because I go to Messina, Sicily. Our team's owned by the mafia. Can I say that? Am I going to put a hit out on me? I feel like it's open knowledge there. I got paid about half my money I was supposed to, which wasn't a lot to begin with. And the team ended up going bankrupt and getting kicked out of the league at the end of the year. But the year I was there, they were in the top league in Italy and I'm going against NBA guys every single night. But the basketball was phenomenal. Uh, the teams were well coached. The style of play, guys knew how to play. Like like you mentioned, a lot of teams utilize stretch fours over there, more perimeter oriented, which is funny because, or ironic, because when I got to Italy, yeah, I still shot threes and all that stuff, but I used to be able to go down on the block and pound guys over there. <laughs> Like I, that was my bread and butter. I could, I'd go post up and just beast guys down on the block. It was, I mean, the mid two, early mid two thousands was a physical brand of basketball to begin with, but then in Europe it was even more physical. So you could like really mix it up and get away with it if you had a physical advantage. Is that where you developed your jump stop face up hook shot, the Kareem Abdul Jabbar? That is, it probably is. You're right because I would get the ball on the block or a little off the block, and if I could get ripped through and get middle and get to my spot and get to that jump hook. It was game over two points. Now the bulls owned your rights, correct? And you ended up with the Raptors. Yeah. Well, actually the bulls drafted me for the Raptors. So the Raptors had my rights right away. Like everyone's like, Oh, you're good. You know, this is Oh three. It's not that long after Jordan left the bulls. So people are still like, Oh sick. You're going to go play in Chicago where Jordan played, you know, and literally two minutes after the draft, uh, my name got called, my agent called, and it's like, no, no, it's actually the Raptors pick. They they picked them for you. So to your point, the Raptors held my rights. There was no G League back then. I was a second-round pick. They had a full roster, so they said, go play in Europe for one year. When you come back, some of these contracts will expire. We'll put you on the team. So I, I go over, and I'm playing in Sicily. I'm not getting paid. Uh, my living conditions are crazy, like, uh, I had my electricity cut off in my apartment twice because they weren't paying the bill. <laughs> and I called the GM to complain, and he'd send a plainclothes person over who would break into the fuse box in the apartment and reconnect the wire. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, I got evicted. I got evicted once because they weren't paying the rent on my apartment. And I don't know what they did, but when I called and complained and I came home from practice, the super who lived on the top floor we had like bloodshot eyes. Like he had been crying and like gave me the, cause they switched the lockout, gave me the key to the new lock and he didn't speak any English. He was just like apologizing. He like kissed the top of my hand. So I don't know if they gave him the vanilla ice treatment and hung him off the top of the building, but I didn't have any issues after that. There was some communication made apparently between yeah. uh, your friends and the but landlord. I got, I got dozens of stories about that year and all this is going on. And I'm just same at Florida. I'm like, all right, I'm not playing a lot right now, but I'm going against these guys every day. 
My goal is to become the best player I can be. This is the right situation. I'm in Italy. I'm playing in the top league. Yeah, I'm, I'm having to deal with some stuff off the court. Yeah, like getting evicted, not yeah, getting paid. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I wasn't married. I have kids. It's just me. Like, right. I know I'll be okay. And, and, and I'm not getting, getting, yeah, I'm not getting paid. But I'm in this league where I'm playing 36 minutes a night against arguably the top competition outside the NBA. This is going to get me better. So I stuck it out the whole season. And towards the end of the year, our, the head coach and GM for the Raptors who drafted me got fired. It was uh, Glenn Grunwald was the GM. And, wow, I can't even uh, – O'Brien, no. Jim O'Brien? No, was not Jim O'Brien. No. Uh, Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill. There yeah. you go. Kevin O'Neill got fired. I can't believe I couldn't think of his name. That Man, it's been a long time. I'm I, remember Kevin I remember Kevin O'Neill, I think, at Marquette. So, yeah. see, I go, I go back a long way. So, right, so, so they got go fired. But to your point, they, ha- they still held my rights. So I, it's not like, oh, these guys that drafted me got fired. Let me call every other team and see if, if I can get in training camp or get a chance with another team. I had to go back to the Raptors. And I go to Summer League, and I don't know how it is now, but back then you go to Summer League, there'd be 22 guys on the roster. And they're all fighting for three camp, training camp invites, and you got to beat them all out. So I go back, Sam Mitchell's the head coach, uh, Rob Babcock's the new GM. They have no allegiance to me. They didn't draft me. I'm like, hey, you said I'd be on the team this year. And they're like, we didn't say that. Like, sorry, <laughs> you know. So I had to go to summer league and just make get invited to training camp, which I was able to do, and then go to training camp and make the preseason roster and then beat out two or three other guys for the last roster spot in preseason to make the – Real roster. Matt, going through all of that, just to get on an NBA roster, all the dues you paid overseas, uh, does that make you appreciate all the success that you had later on, uh, especially with the Spurs? Yeah, no, I've absolutely. I've never taken one second for granted in the NBA, being a part of the NBA, even now in retirement. I, I grew up uh, a very humble childhood. I mean, we weren't like in poverty, but my mom was a teacher. My dad was a mailman. We had three kids. And uh, they, my parents worked their butts off and always preached hard work. And then, you know, having to climb the ranks at Florida, scratch and claw. And then what I went through in Europe. And then just making the Raptors, the story I just told. And there's more to that, but we don't have time. Just overcoming all that adversity. Once you finally make it, that appreciation never leaves me. I, 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 the free food that's always people ask what's the best part of being in the nba it's the free food ask any ask you, you probably say the same thing it's right, free food everywhere and it's all amazing it's the freshman 15 too yeah. if you're not too careful right it's easy yeah. to gain weight in the it's, nba you hit the fitness center at the hotel for sure <laughs> or take a long walk like you like to do yeah. uh all right you go to the spurs obviously there's a trade made in 06 rasha nesterovich who i really liked rasha was a fun guy uh he gets traded and uh you come to the spurs i get a phone call that day from Chuck Swirsky, who was the television voice of the Toronto Raptors at the time. He's now the radio voice of the Bulls. And he told me flat out, you're going to dig this guy, Matt Bonner. You're going to get along with him. You guys have a lot in common. You like independent music. And, and he was exactly right. But when you first came to San Antonio, oh, 
I'm sure that you sense the different culture because here you are going into a championship team, basically, uh, because this was a team that contended every year. Uh, Manu was really gaining his footing. They had won the 05 championship and the 03 championship, this particular group, obviously. Uh, so what were your first experiences when you first went to training camp and saw the climate and the culture of the San Antonio Spurs? Well, first of all, I got here in mid-August, and I'm like, Holy crap, is it hot here? <laughs> and I went to the University of Florida, but like it, it was worse for some reason. Not worse, but just so hot. My first day in the practice facility, they, they have what's called open gym. And I'm thinking open gym, you're just gonna show up and play some pickup and like go you're at Concord High? Yeah, like yeah, you're at Green Street Community Center or something. And I show up and it's like like the process from in August when open gym starts till you either win or don't win the championship is like so defined and embraced by everyone, not just Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Amano Ginobili, but all the way down the line, every player on the roster, every coach, every support staff person, like everyone's all in team first on this process and everyone knows what it takes. They've done it. They had done it before and we're going to go through this process to the best of our ability and hopefully win a championship. It, you know, when I was in Toronto, it was a brand new coach, brand new GM. The team was kind of a mess from the couple years before. And, and it was way more like willy nilly, like leading up to the season, no one worked out in Toronto at that time because of the tax stuff. So we'd go to Bradenton, Florida, and, like, guys would be in and out. But we're also working out with, like, uh, Ty Lu and Chauncey Billups, John Wallace, like all these, like, other random NBA players would be down there. And it was great workouts. And it was you, 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 it was structured and all that. But, like, it wasn't the same as being in your own practice facility with your own coaches um, developing that chemistry, that rapport from August, starting in August. And Tim Duncan 100% set the tone. Manu set the tone. Tony set the tone. Like the first day I get there, I'm, like I said, I thought we were playing pickup. And no, we're doing weights. It's like they've already like looked at your body and they know like, all right, we need to work on this and this is out of whack. And sports science is involved and I'm doing different exercises to work on my weaknesses physically. Then we're, then we're doing shooting drills, structured shooting drills, all based out of the offense and the sets that coach pop plays. So everything you're working on in these drills will translate seamlessly on the court in live game action based on your position within our offense. Then we're playing pickup, but it's, it's not willy nilly pickup. There's like refs, there's a score clock, there's situational stuff where, all right, for the next five-minute segment, we're going to work on this this offense. So we're integrating our offense into that. And then I'm like, all right, we're done. I'm about to die here. <laughs> no, we're going out back, and they got this huge man-made hill. And by then, you know, you're pushing 11 noon, and so and it's August, and it's so hot, and you're tired from all the other stuff. And it's like, no, we got to do all these sprints up this giant man-made hill. And the first day, I just remember, like, running up, and halfway through, I'm, like, getting lightheaded from being dehydrated or 
whatever. And I remember like wavering and feeling like I was going to fall backwards down the hill. And this hand just grabs my jersey and starts pulling me up the hill. Tim Duncan. There, day one, setting the tone. Even at this point, he's multiple MVPs, championships, everything. He's there day one with everybody going through the whole thing, leading by example. And in that, that story kind of sums up what it, the experience was coming to the San Antonio Spurs and seeing that Spurs culture and what it's all about. Thanks for sharing that story because that is an example of a teammate. And when you talk to guys who played with Tim for an extended period of time, and you played with him for 10 years, uh, that's one of the things they say is that he was a great teammate and not just the guy that went out and got it done on the floor, but supporting everybody in the locker room. Yeah, on and off the court. That's what separates Spurs culture, I think, from a lot of other teams is you got everyone genuinely cares about everyone else. Coach Pop all the way down the line. And when you have that level of trust, then you can really hold each other accountable on the court. And guys don't take it personal. They don't go in the jar. They know that it's about winning and accomplishing something together as a group, and they have your best interests at heart. You were with the Spurs for a decade. You uh, re-signed several times during that period of time. Uh, did you ever get tempted to go somewhere else or look somewhere else, or were you just so happy with your role in San Antonio and knowing that you're going to be part of this uh, amazing run, this championship-caliber team during that entire period? Yeah, that that's ultimately what it was. I was really happy here, living here, playing here. The consistency on and off the court, it's a, it's a great town. I got married, had my kids in San Antonio, all three, and it's a great town to to have a stable home life too. And the Spurs do a great job supporting families off the court. So there was one time I was a free agent many times. How do these guys get in extensions now? They're spoiled. I had to deal with the stress of the contract year like 8,000 times. But if you were playing now, you'd have some old teammates reaching out to you to form a super team and you'd be part of that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess as a shooter, you know, right. that's the, these guys would want me valuable commodity, Mister Bonner. Uh, uh, by the way, you're you're very self-deprecating all the time, but I, I want to throw some numbers out. Forty-one point four percent is your career average from beyond the arc. That's pretty amazing. Uh, and of course, uh, you did it, and you knew your role, uh, but you had mixed things up a little bit too. You weren't just a shooter; you wanted to be a complete basketball player. And when, when people look back on your career, I, I think ultimately they're going to call you the Red Rocket and the, and the shooter from downtown. But how would you like your career remembered as a player? Someone who gave it 100% every time on the court and put the team first. And, I mean, that's that's what the Spurs way is all about. That's what you're seeing this team do. Regardless of talent, who's healthy, who's in the lineup, who isn't, how the game's going down 30 in the fourth. For 48 minutes, these guys are out there doing exactly what I just said, buying into that philosophy. We're going to leave it on the court, give it 100%. And and we're going to play for each other. This is the 50th anniversary of this franchise. And uh, it's probably a little more difficult now to answer this question because you've been part of the franchise for so long now. Uh, over a fifth of those years, uh, you've been part of the team, whether as a player or now as a broadcaster. Uh, but when you think about the Spurs and the legacy they have in the NBA, uh, taking yourself kind of apart, uh, away from that mix, uh, what would you say that would be? Respect. Honestly, almost reverence. Like they've, reach that reputation 
professionally as an organization and how they play on the court. It's both and in the community. You know, Spurs culture is real in San Antonio. It's bigger than basketball. Even if you're not good at basketball, maybe you don't even fully understand basketball, but if you grow up in San Antonio, the Spurs are ingrained in your DNA. Um, and I think that's a really cool dynamic. But uh, around the league, like, it's like, if you go on the Spurs, you know it's going to be a first-class experience. They're going to really care about you on and off the court. And you're going to play for a legendary coach who's going to get everybody to buy in and play the right way. It's not about your highlight reel. It's about reaching new heights each and every day. It's not about if you sit in the nosebleeds or courtside. It's about showing up. You too, man. It's not about wins. It's about winning over others by treating them right. It's about more than money. Frost, the official bank of the San Antonio Spurs. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. One of my favorite tweets of all time was Manu Ginobili when they retired your flannel shirt uh, there in the locker room. They, it was a proud moment, I'm sure. Uh, but he actually had tape with 1-5. Now, I'm not sure, sure if that was all Manu. Maybe Patty had something to do with that. Flannel Fridays were a thing for a while. Take me back to that. And then the ceremony in the locker room uh, with guys like Manu and Patty honoring your flannel shirt. I don't know how many years in a row. At some point, I gave up jeans. I said, I'm done with jeans. Jeans are overplayed. They're, at the time, they were just all blue. Like, what if I don't want to wear blue pants? Uh, so I, I was just sick of jeans. They're everywhere. I, I, like, I, I, I was done with them. So I stopped wearing jeans, and I basically shifted to cords. 
So for like the last seven years of my career, every single time, every single game back then, now that guys can wear anything, you can wear like a blondie t-shirt with a winter hat. If you want back then it was a dress code had to be collared business cash, collared shirt. Um, Jean, if they were wear jeans, they had to be nice jeans, whatever that means. To no me, holes. Jeans. Yeah, I guess. No holes. I shifted, got away from jeans, and I shifted. And I haven't worn jeans since. I haven't worn jeans in 12 years. I don't own a pair of jeans. Just, so Just corduroys. Just cords. I have some khakis, some chinos if it's a, if it's a little hot out. It's very but, New England of you, by the way. Yeah. So for basically for like seven years straight, I wore a flannel and cords to and from every single game. And – it became my uniform off the court <laughs> and guys got a kick out of it and like to have some fun with it. Hence flanny Fridays. Did and Patty start that? Yeah. Patty started that to, to honor me upon my retirement. And then <laughs> Manu did the, sh- the flannel shirt retirement. Matt, we can go on and on. It's uh, so much fun to visit with you. I'm so happy that you're a part of the broadcast team. Now we get to travel and, and have some fun on the road. Me too. Uh, it's, I tell people, this is the funnest job I could possibly ever have because I'm still around the game I love and I'm around the team, the organization I love with some of my some of my best friends in life for the last 17 years. So it's great spending time with everyone. Matt Bonner, two-time NBA champion and, of course, uh, the NBA leader one year in field goal percentage from three-point range, and that was back in the 10-11 season. This has been Episode 4 of the Sound of Spurs podcast presented by Frost Bank. I'm Bill Schoening, radio voice of the Spurs. Thanks for joining us. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.